0: Minneapolis, fueled by Lucky Station.
1: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew at Washington. The partial closure of the federal government is now officially the longest shutdown in U.S. history. Here's White House Correspondent Greg Cluckston. At
2: 22 days in counting, the current shutdown is the longest on record. It has surpassed the 21-day closure that ended in early 1996 during President Bill Clinton's administration. The budget impasse over a border wall has affected some 800,000 federal employees, more than half of whom are still working. All have missed paychecks, but government workers will receive back pay. Greg Clugston, Washington.
1: So far, this flu season appears to be mild, at least by comparison to recent years. Here's correspondent Ed Donahue. The Centers
3: for Disease Control and Prevention says the flu was widespread in 30 states last week, up from 24 the week before. It's still early, but most illnesses right now are being caused by a flu strain that leads to fewer hospitalizations and deaths. Compared to the kind of flu that dominated a year ago when an estimated 80,000 Americans died of flu and its complications, the highest death toll in at least four decades. The CDC's Dr. Alicia Fry says if the current strain of flu continues to be the predominant virus, this could be a mild or even typical season. I'm Ed Donahue.
1: New Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspended Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel on Friday over his handling of February's massacre at Marjory Stoneman Douglas High School. Debbie Hickson, whose husband Chris was killed, while trying to protect the students last year, says an unarmed wrestling coach did more than trained law enforcement officers did.
3: He is one of the adults that ran in that building immediately as soon as he heard something was going on. I look forward to a sheriff who trains his staff members and his law enforcement to do just that.
1: During the shooting, then Broward Deputy Scott Peterson, who was assigned of the school, drew his gun but took cover outside instead of going inside the building to protect the students. This is SRN News.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot.
2: Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google, or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference or concert, you're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surround MSP.com. That's surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers.
4: Does your church, school, or small business know what to do in the event of an emergency? Do you know how to handle threats to your building and property? Are you set up to stop cybersecurity threats and data breaches? Do you have an emergency action plan in place?
5: If you answer no to any of these questions, Join us Thursday, January 31st at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins for Prepare and Respond. This free event is geared towards pastors, church security team members, school administrators, and small businesses. Prepare and Respond hosts industry experts who will teach you how to put a scalable action plan in place to keep your congregation, faculty, students, colleagues, and businesses safe. Join us on Thursday, January 31st from 8 a.m. to noon at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins. A complimentary breakfast will be served to the first 100 people to register. To learn more about this free event and register, go to am1280thepatriot.com.
4: Prepare and Respond is supported by Henningsen and Snoxell.
6: Hi, this is Tom Barrett, president of Lean Partners. We are celebrating 15 years of helping Minnesota companies dramatically improve their margins, delivery, quality, and generate capacity. So we'd like to
7: recognize a few of our clients by having them share their story. My name is Michael Murphy, owner of Mail Handling Group a printing and mailing company located in Eden Prairie. I started working with Lean Partners 15 years ago. During that time, Lean Partners trained us how to use Lean to drive bottom line savings. With Tom's guidance and his consultants, we became an industry leader with world-class quality, delivery, and service. We also found profit we couldn't have realized without Lean. Lean Partners worked with me and our leadership team to create a solid culture of performance for the long term. There is no question that Tom and Lean Partners have been integral to my company's success.
6: Thanks, Michael. Are you interested in a customized plan to improve your business performance? Visit MyLeanPartners.com. That's MyLeanPartners.com.
2: The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
9: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, and I'm broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank studios. You know, your association members take tremendous pride in their communities. You can help them maintain that pride with custom financing through Mutual of Omaha Bank, a lending expert that's worked with thousands of community associations. So, whether you want to purchase real estate or equipment or make repairs to common areas, Mutual of Omaha Bank can meet your needs with a team of dedicated local professionals. Call Tom Ingbloom at 312-209-2623. Mutual of Omaha Bank, member FDIC. I'm also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. And want to say hello to the man that makes it happen week after week, Trevor K. How are you, Trevor? Hey, Gene. Very well. How are you? Oh, I'm. Uh, I've been uh, on just the beginning side of a cold. You know Uh-oh. what that's like. Yeah. And uh, in, in our office, I think the, the creeping crud has kind of been passed around by several people. And um, are you uh, are you a believer in stuff like emergency and uh, zinc and all of that other stuff that they say load up on if you think yeah. you're. Coming down with the cold? I'm kind of a
10: hypocrite because I don't know that I believe in it, but I still use it. (laughs) Like, if I feel a cold coming on, I'll buy a big old jug of orange juice and I'll, you know, have an emergency a day for a couple days and that kind of thing. Just hopeful. All right. You know, just hopeful. All
9: right. So you are just mildly superstitious then. I mean, it's kind of like having a a rabbit's foot. Most people don't believe in them, but uh, people will still keep one in their pocket
11: just in case you know all right there you go <laughs> yeah. well hey folks we've
9: got a great uh show for you and so uh why don't we begin with our first story in property management in the news in property management in the news today we're going to be taking a look at uh, a story that comes out of channel 13 news in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a CW affiliate. Uh, Trevor, go ahead and run the audio.
0: Several new laws went into effect today in South Carolina, and would, one of these laws could impact a lot of local neighborhoods. We have News 13's Tori Gessner live tonight in Saka with more on a law that requires homeowners associations to be more transparent about their rules. Tori?
12: That's right, Bob. The new law requires HOAs in South Carolina to write down all of their rules and regulations and make them public. It was passed um, in hopes of uh, giving people that live in HOA-governed neighborhoods access to more information. Nancy Krippel moved from New Jersey to Garden Creek in Saucostee around eight years ago. She says having an HOA where she lives still takes some getting used to. To a certain extent, you got rules and regulations, I understand that. you got to pay the dues. But some of the stuff is just petty. Krapel says her HOA has a lot of rules, and some of them have come as a surprise. I had to pay an extra $59 that my dryer vents cleaned. And they said it was mandatory, but it's not in the uh, list of rules. According to Krapel, her HOA even threatened to tow her car for expired tags while she waited for the new stickers in the mail. She says she never thought an HOA could have that kind of jurisdiction. And they also threatened quite a few other people that if your car was not registered current, they would tow it at the owner's expense, which I don't agree with that. But the new South Carolina law, which requires HOAs to write and record all of their rules and regulations, could eliminate some of those surprises. The law also says homeowners associations must make their bylaws public through their county which is aimed to help potential buyers, too. Ultimately, lawmakers passed the stricter rules, so neighbors like Rapel are informed. The law also requires anyone who sells a piece of property to disclose whether or not it's part of an HOA. For more details about the law, look for this story on WBTW.com. Reporting live in Socasty, Tori Gessner, News 13.
9: Well, here with me today as a guest, a co-host to talk about this story and all other subjects, on today's show is someone who's been on before. It's a property manager at New Concepts, Stacey Sheridan. Welcome back, Stacey.
13: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back.
9: So we uh, both had a chance to take a look at uh, this uh, story, and uh, it sounds like uh, last year the state legislature in South Carolina uh, passed a law saying, you know what, uh, there isn't a lot of transparency going on with homeowner associations. They weren't even required till now in 2019 to uh, let people know that they are a part of an HOA, to give them a copy of the governing documents. Uh, It seems kind of surprising to me when I heard about this story. What do you think?
7: Very
13: surprising. In Minnesota, this has just been the law. For I don't even know how many years, but to me as a manager doing this for quite some time now, I'm floored. This should already be. I mean, on our resale disclosures, they get all of this information already. Um, I I just can't believe that it's 2019 and they haven't been doing this.
9: Yes. So, yeah, it still surprises me that uh, every once in a while there's a few states that are a little bit behind the curve here. Uh, But anyway, so the... uh, this law says that there needs to be more transparency, and then they go into a little bit more of some of the details. Let me ask you, are there parts of this new law that you like?
13: Well, I, I think transparency is utmost important, uh, but some of these items on here I, I, I don't agree with uh, at all. I, I think this should have been, their bylaws should have already been recorded, and, you know, this is, should be standard practice from at this point, but... And it sounds like
9: there's uh, even uh, other disclosures, too, more than just uh, uh, that, would, uh, that would affect a new uh, prospective homeowner who would purchase in an HOA. But there were things that uh, weren't even being required in terms of uh, the time frame needed before you tell the members in an HOA that they're going to have increased dues um, and things of that nature as well.
13: Right. That, that was really surprising to me. Um, in Minnesota, we give, you have to have 30 days notice if you're going to increase or decrease. That doesn't happen very often. But <laughs> anytime you change anything financially or important, you have to give them a 30-day notice.
9: Yes. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, let's talk about what uh, is required in, in Minnesota. In, in Minnesota, uh, there is uh, a requirement, uh, a 10-day right of rescission Correct. that homeowners have. Yes. And uh, talk a little bit about what that procedure is for someone who's thinking of buying in an HOA.
13: So for, for us in Minnesota, if, if they're considering the homeowner prior to that sale, orders what's called a resale disclosure, which is going to include all of their governing documents. And I, I like to put the rules and regulations in there as part of that package so they can see everything. And, and it's a lot for them to read. So we, of course, have no control if they read it or not read it. But by law, we have to disclose that or any material fact that we know about that property um, Mm -hmm. at at that time, and then it's up to them to read through that, and they have ten days.
9: Yes, it's uh, very interesting, and the law also states uh, that when it uh, there's some responsibility that the real estate agent has in that too, because Mm -hmm. uh, the law also states here in Minnesota that if uh, if those disclosures of information that's required by law is not given to the homeowner. They have 10 days to say, I cancel the purchase agreement and all money is given back. So agents right away, that's one of the first things that happens when someone says uh, they've signed on the dotted line. They want to get those governing documents in their hands immediately because they want that 10 day period to go to pass. So the buyer can't say, oh, I've changed my mind. Right. Uh, think of uh, uh, think of in Minnesota if uh, someone was given the documents eight days before closing. They could, on the day of closing, say... Cancel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, very interesting. Folks, what do you think about, uh, uh, about uh, this law? We're going to talk about it a little bit further, but right now we're going to take a break. So don't go away. You're listening to... Where you live on AM 1280, The Patriot. We'll be back after these
3: messages. AM 1280, The Patriot.
14: Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753.
4: Licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial, marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management, Inc., Thrivent.com disclosures.
5: Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is having its 89th Anniversary this January. And to celebrate, they want to give you the gift of comfort. That is the traditional 89th Anniversary gift, isn't it? Here's the deal. Buy a new high-efficiency furnace and AC or boiler this January and you can save up to $1900. Then you and your family can enjoy years of comfort all year round. It's what Standard Heating has been known for ever since they opened for business 89 years ago. And while technology and homes have changed, Standard's dedication to top-notch service hasn't. Just ask one of their nearly half a million satisfied customers right here in Minnesota. So give your family the gift of long-lasting comfort no matter the season. Learn more about saving $1,900 on your new furnace and AC or boiler and all their other 89th anniversary deals today at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, comfort you deserve.
8: For listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan.
9: Welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here with my uh, guest co-host today, Stacy Sheridan, uh, a property manager with us at New Concepts. And, of course, uh, I'm broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. You know you can count on Extreme Exteriors for expert installation of exterior siding, roofing, soffits, spatia, decks, windows, and more. With their knowledge and experience, they can design the perfect solution to make your home beautiful and energy efficient, saving you maintenance and money for years to come. Give them a call at 763-441-1334 and tell them Gene sent you. Before we get back into our discussion about uh, this new law that's taking place with South Carolina, with uh, transparency and disclosure for uh, homeowner associations, it's time now to hear from the Community Associations Institute. Here is
11: the CAI Minute. Are you a member of the Community Associations Institute? For nearly 40 years, CAI has provided education and resources to volunteer homeowners who govern community associations and the professionals who support them. Visit caionline.org to learn more. The address again is caionline.org. CAI helps community associations board members by providing online resources, in-person training, and hard copy publications written by association management experts. CAI offers community managers professional development, networking opportunities, and a certification program that is established as the industry standard nationwide. Minnesota has its own chapter of the Community Associations Institute to bring resources and tools from community associations around the country right to your home. Visit www.cai-mn.com to learn more and become a member of CAI today. Your community and management company will benefit from your involvement. Join the Community Association's Institute today at cai-mn.com and click on membership. So if you're just joining us, we're
9: talking about uh, a piece of legislation passed 2018, South Carolina, saying, hey, we just realized there are certain disclosures and information that people moving into an HOA uh, have not been given. And so the state legislature has made it, uh, made it something that uh, is mandatory. They said uh, now if you have an HOA, all of those uh, governing documents need to be filed with the deed and with the property when uh, when a sale takes place and they need to be there on record. So if someone else is going to be looking at uh, possibly purchasing down the road, it will be attached and they'll know that they will have a special responsibility. And uh, they have, I believe, until it was January 10th of 2019. So at the airing of uh, this broadcast, it's been in place a couple of days, and I know a lot of HOAs were still scrambling to get all of that done and attached to all of the deeds of the homes in their property. Uh, we were talking, Stacy, about uh, that being a, a good idea. We don't understand why that hadn't been... Uh, done uh, beforehand, because okay. that has been the case here in Minnesota.
13: Yeah, absolutely. This this should have been something uh, already in place. Yeah. But th- there's something
9: I'd like to get your take on uh, that was interesting, uh, an interesting piece of the legislation that caught my attention. want to get your thoughts on it. It said that not only the governing documents, so we're talking um, the Declaration and Covenants, uh, we're talking about the bylaws, Uh, but they said even an association's rules and regulations need to be filed with the property deed at the county level. If the rules are changed, then you've got to change change that and refile. What do you think of this requirement?
13: Wow. That's really going to cause some undue financial hardship for some of these HOAs because that is not a a cheap process. I mean, if and rules are fluid. Any new board can adopt a new set of rules at any time by a majority vote of that board of directors. So, if could you imagine, what if you're changing your rules twice or three times a year? Not saying they should, but what if they <laughs> yeah. did?
9: Well, that, that's a whole other <laughs> issue of someone's changing them constantly. But what if uh, they like did?
13: That. that that would really get costly to be continuously refiling. Your documents with you know with the county.
9: Yeah, I think it's uh, something like a fifty to seventy-five dollar a shot mm-hmm. uh, fee, and that's per piece of property per pro- you know right. uh, uh, that uh, each individual owns, and so that gets to be kind of uh, costly, right? If the association's uh, paying for this,
13: and, and do they require an attorney? You know, when you when you in Minnesota want to re-record your declaration or have an amendment. You have to have an attorney go through that process with you to amend that declaration. I don't know if they're that strict on this, have, if they're going to make – I mean, I know bylaws are different. The mm-hmm. board and the members can vote and change that, and you just pay your recording fee. But I, I hope they're not going to be that harsh with this. Well, that, I
9: you know, I think people uh, – most people you would think with common sense know and understand that there is a need from time to time – to make uh, tweaks and changes uh, with things uh, in mm-hmm. the neighborhood, and that doesn't necessarily need to be a big legal event right. that takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I you and I are the the same mind. If an HOA wants to change something very drastic, like yes. no renting, right, um, no pets, exactly, uh, no smoking right. Right, in condominiums mm-hmm. and things like uh, of that nature. Yes, uh, it's uh, good for the association to go through that process of amending the bylaws Mm -hmm. or or the uh, declaration and covenants Mm -hmm. because uh, that takes a requirement, a supermajority of all the homeowners. Right. And so if you're going to change what someone can and can't do uh, in that sense, yes, that's a pretty important one that you should make that before you make that change, it's something that a majority of the people agree with.
13: Right. And the rules aren't like that. The rules are the board gets to control. So I guess I'm confused at what their thought process was behind making those rules be recorded.
9: Exactly. And um, I, I think part of it, uh, well, let me, uh, was uh, with that uh, interview with that one woman. She was uh, talking mm-hmm. about, she said, the association had uh, some ridiculous rules like they're, telling me I have to pay $59 for a dryer vent cleaning. Well, I was thinking as I was listening to that, uh, we're not talking about a rule as much as the association board in an HOA uh, has the requirement and fiduciary responsibility for for safety and maintenance Mm -hmm. of the property. And sometimes uh, they uh, uh, need to share with uh, homeowners that that's something that they have to take care of because yeah. collectively, that's everybody's responsibility.
13: Right, and when you're sharing a wall with somebody, I want to make sure my neighbor has a clean dryer vent so they don't start a fire.
9: Yeah. So yeah. if <laughs> if the concern was uh, that that was a rule, that's really not a that's really not a rule. Right.
13: That's a maintenance responsibility. Maintenance yeah.
9: responsibility. <laughs> right. It's uh, it's a little bit a uh, little bit different mm-hmm. indeed. Um, one of the things that I thought about uh, that. From all of this, if you change your, if you have to, uh, every time you change the rules and uh, regulations, that you have to make that change in the county and with every deed, with every piece of property. Mm-hmm. The one nice thing is it might stop some HOAs from uh, uh, producing and changing a lot of rules.
13: Yeah, yeah that's true. That <laughs> so might slow maybe. them down a little on that. I mean, because
9: yeah. we've yeah. uh, both uh, experienced that where people go, Overboard. Oh yes. Uh, What are? Can you think of any of the crazier? uh, Oh yes. Rules that someone has.
13: Yes, we have one that bird feeders. For whatever reason, I mean, we like to feed our birds, of course, in the winter here in Minnesota, but they are so ridiculously, you can only have two on your deck, one in the front. They've really, that's a little ridiculous. If you're going to tell me exactly where, how many? Of course, we don't want someone to have. 20 bird feeders but for the most part people are i want a bird feeder i want one or two we've never had anybody have 10 or more so i thought why would they want to impose a rule about some bird
9: feeders usually usually it's because there's someone that actually does uh, violate it in a huge way probably in the past maybe before you were became maybe before
13: and i'd like to remind them is Just because you have one person that kind of went wonky with something, right? You don't want to make your whole entire community now bound by that.
9: Exactly. Sometimes you don't need to change change the the rules for everybody for one person. Try and talk and work through that. I can think of uh, one association. I can think of that said no more than six um, uh, potted plants uh, around your home. Well, the reason why is uh, this person years ago uh, plowed up a bunch of the common area ground mm. uh, lawn <laughs> and planted about a half acre of oh, uh, putting in beans and corn <laughs> and tomatoes and everything else. That's a problem. And uh, so the association said, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, he got back. He ended up putting around his home over 120 pots oh. that had... Corn and beans oh my and tomatoes and everything else. <laughs> and so, yes, they, that is the reason why it came up, and that's why they said no more than six. No
13: more than six. And yeah.
9: so, yes, uh, so usually, uh, uh, usually there is a reason why yeah. something becomes uh, that drastic. But it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens and how this, uh, this new uh, law goes into uh, effect. I think there um I think there's going to be some concerns because some of some of them I don't think went uh probably quite far enough for example one piece with the transparency uh they said if the association's going to change uh the operating budget of the association and the assessments are going up they only ha- they had to give them a 48 hour notice I don't think that's thought through very well
13: no that's not enough time when you're talking about somebody's finances um we're 30 days i think we mentioned that before but it that's reasonable a 30 day 48 hours is not enough time
9: yes I, i would i would agree it'll be interesting to see what happens and how this progresses uh further well we're going to take another break right now but don't go away there is a lot more of where you live with my guest host property manager stacy sheridan And we'll be back after these messages.
0: AM 1280, The Patriot. Minnesota Exteriors Commercial partners with associations and management companies for their siding, roofing, and window projects. Minnesota Exteriors Commercial is a family-owned business with combined experience of over 70 years. Their teams provide quality service, expert workmanship, and top-of-the-line products to help restore and maintain multifamily properties. A 100,000-square-foot distribution center ensures the projects will be completed on time with the highest quality products at the most competitive price. Contact MinnesotaExteriors.com.
14: Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753.
4: Licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial. Marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management Inc. com slash disclosures.
8: You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Welcome back to Where You Live.
9: I'm Gene Sullivan. I'm broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is brought to you uh, also by Extreme Exteriors. I have with me as my guest co-host today, property manager Stacy Sheridan with our company, New Concepts. And uh, before uh, we uh, talk, I want to talk about uh, this uh, Last issue, we're talking about the, the law change in South Carolina with one other issue. And get your thoughts, Stacy, just a moment. But want to let our listeners know uh, that uh, a lot of times our, our listeners will say, hey, I've got a question I'd like to ask you, Gene, uh, and uh, get, uh, get your thoughts on. Or uh, you say, hey, I found an interesting story that uh, I think uh, you should uh, discuss on uh, the program. If you do, all you need to do is go to our website at www.newconceptsgroup.com. When you pull up the home page, you can uh, pull down uh, where it says at the top Education and Resources, and it'll say Radio Show. Click on that, and it'll have all of my contact information. I'd be happy to answer any question that you have uh, with a concern you have in your homeowners association. It can be a private call just between us at uh, email or something that uh, you may say, yeah, please go ahead and share this uh, on. So all of that information is there. Uh, Well, Stacy, we're talking about uh, the uh, South Carolina Transparency Law for uh, boards and associations. There was one other thing that uh, came to my mind as we were just going off the last segment that I thought was also very important, uh, and that is uh, this other piece, and wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, and that is um, there, this legislation says that, um, that the new law is directing the state's Department of Consumer Affairs to start taking any and all complaints from people living in homeowner associations and produce an annual report about those complaints. What are your thoughts on that?
13: Well, I hope they have a really big staff <laughs> because you know people, if if they know they've got a place to vent or complain, those complaints rolling in, I bet you ninety-five percent are going to be not valid or legitimate.
9: Oh, I know. <laughs> but my one one of the uh, one of the concerns that I I have is that uh, we see it uh, if uh, people don't like to see a change, for example, with right. the property manager assigned. Mm -hmm. To an HOA. But sometimes that's uh, necessary because Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, there's someone else who has uh, been promoted. And and so uh, Mm -hmm. they're going to begin to get a portfolio and a couple are taken away from uh, someone else. Mm -hmm. But uh, anytime there's a change, think about uh, there are people who now all of a sudden try the same complaints over and over again. And so uh, I, I know I've heard from uh, a board before coming on board when the association came on board with us. They said, uh, well, you're going to hear from so-and-so mm-hmm. about this because they d- didn't like that we've, we've set the rule to be this. And they've tried it with the, uh, that HOA the, um, uh, management company. They changed management companies. Sure enough, that person's starting all over again with mm-hmm. their gripe. With their complaint, anytime there's a change, they're going to do it. And uh, I think that this has real serious um, unintended consequences Mm -hmm. that uh, could take place here with uh, setting things up for the uh, Department of Consumer Affairs in South Carolina to hear every gripe. Uh, You stop and think about it, Um, they're going to hear from everybody saying, oh, the management uh, is uh, is uh, terrible. I just and it may be uh, unvetted, and so we right. don't know if it's true. Exactly. Uh, there are some people. Let's face it; they outright lie. They do. And there are other people who uh, are only telling one side of the story. Exactly. And so now you have a government agency that doesn't know this industry, and they just take that. I can see this as a. Uh, Complaint mill that's going to just cause legislation after legislation being written by knee-jerk politicians Mm -hmm. wanting to change things. I think of uh, the way things are with uh, the Internet uh, and how dangerous uh, some reviews are.
13: Yeah, exactly.
9: Uh, There are uh, uh, how many times I've heard of uh, stories of groups that, okay, they're vegan and they're... um, Animal rights activists, that's fine. But what do they do? They go on the site of a butcher shop, and they start writing bad review mm-hmm. after bad review, and they just deluge that right. and uh, to try and see if uh, they can get the business to go, to go under. Right. And I think that that kind of thing will happen here when you open it up to a State Department to say, you mm-hmm. know what? Come on with us with any and all complaints. They're not thinking about this no. at all. No. And I think uh, it's uh, it's going to be a really bad uh, course of action for them to take.
13: Yeah, this is really bad. Uh, it it truly is because there are always two sides to every story. And and at the end of the day, you know, management, us managers, you know, we're always the bad guy or it's always our fault or we've always done something wrong. And that's just not true, you know. um, you know, for instance, oh, you you're terrible at plowing my driveway. Well, I'm not there plowing your driveway. It's another company, <laughs> right? That's another company, um, and you know th- those guys work hard, really hard, and they don't they don't want to make mistakes. Our vendors want to do a good job. Oh, I know. And there yeah.
9: t- there are times that uh, I've had a board tell me, well, they're doing a, a real crappy job, and you say, well, no, you know what? It's not that. It's the contract. Yes, they're doing the contract exactly. the way it's written. Yep. Why don't we talk about changing the contract exactly. and uh, what it is you require? Yeah. And then when that happens, they go, oh, these guys are wonderful. Exactly. And you go, yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of other circumstances that, uh, like you said, brought up a great point that uh, this is opening up a can of worms that I don't think uh, the state understands what uh, what they are no. opening up themselves for. Right. And uh, I hope... Uh, I hope someone gets uh, some sense uh, with that, but it'll be interesting to uh, see how uh, this goes on uh, as uh, time goes on with uh, this new transparency disclosure law.
13: Have fun in South Carolina with that, folks. Yeah.
9: (laughs) Well, hey, let's uh, take one more uh, quick uh, break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up uh, today's show talking about uh, what are what's best practice when it comes to pet policies in your HOA? I'm going to ask my expert property manager, Stacy Sheridan, about that. So don't go away. We'll be back after these messages. AM
3: 1280, The Patriot.
6: Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. What is truth? That's what Pontius Pilate wanted to know. Well, the truth was standing right in front of him. What would he do with the power and opportunity he'd been given? In this slower and colder season, we tend to have a little more time to reflect. What power and opportunity have we been given? Would the Lord call us a viper or a faithful servant? I pray that we are not distracted from examining ourselves to see where our affections lie and the power and opportunity we've been given through him. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's word to examine our hearts and our motives. We try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. Contact us by phone at 612 900 9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Setting the standard in association management. That's new concepts. Their professional
11: staff is dedicated to top notch customer care. This dedication has made them the leader at providing services to housing associations and homeowners. Your association may be looking for help with administration, consulting, financials, public relations, or vendor management. With over 140 years of combined experience, New Concepts is prepared to help you with all of your association needs, whatever they may be. New Concepts also offers construction, remodeling, maintenance, home staging, and real estate services. For all your association management or homeowner needs, call New Concepts. You can reach them at 952-922-2500. That's 952-922-2500 or online at newconceptsgroup.com, newconceptsgroup.com. New Concepts, setting the standard in association management and providing innovations beyond.
8: You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan.
9: Welcome back to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan with my guest co-host today, Stacey Sheridan with New Concepts. And, of course, uh, I'm broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. We've got one more subject to tackle before we call it a day on the show here, uh, and that'll be about best practice when it comes to pet policy. Uh, But it's time to now hear from the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association. Here is the MHA Minute.
10: Did you know that the members of the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association, or MHA, provide over a quarter of the state's housing? That's housing for more than one million residents. The members of MHA agree to abide by a professional code of ethics, and they know that happy residents are key to a successful business. When you're out looking for your next apartment, remember that rental references are a two-way street. Before you rent, ask if the owner is a member of MHA. If not, ask why not, and tell them to visit mmha.com. That's two Ms, mmha.com. If you're an owner or manager or even an accidental landlord, you owe it to yourself to learn how the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association, its classes, certification programs, resources, staff, and faculty can help you succeed. Don't be a good landlord, be a great one. Visit mmha.com. mmha.com.
9: Uh Stacy, let me begin asking you a question. Is there such thing, such a thing as a bad pet or is it mostly just a matter of a bad pet owner?
13: Oh, bad pet owner. I don't think your dog wakes up in the morning, <clears throat> you know, wanting to be a bad dog.
8: Okay.
13: <laughs> you know, he he's got to go outside and go potty. And do his business, and you as the pet owner have to pick it up.
9: Have to be responsible. Yes, you have to be responsible. Okay.
13: Yeah, I would love to teach my dog to pick up his poop, but he doesn't want to do not, that. That's no. not going to happen. No, he doesn't want to do that.
9: Uh, I, you know, I think for a lot of uh, HOA members, um, I think they're absolutely convinced that uh, because a property manager uh, has to enforce the rules and regulations... They think of most property managers as simply hating pets. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case, is it? No. I, no. Because you. No, you, me.
13: I, I have two dogs. And I, I was just at a meeting, I'm not even kidding, on Monday. And we sent this lady a letter. She had dog poop in her yard. And she comes and she is just ready to, you know, lay one into me. <clears throat> I don't even have a dog. You know, well, but somebody's pooping in your yard. I don't know that that's not your animal or that you don't have a dog. They don't require pet registration. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick it up. Well, but it is your yard, right? You own that piece of property. You are a property owner. You need to pick that up. I live on a corner lot. I pick up all kinds of dog poop. That's not mine. But I have to pick it up. It's my responsibility to keep that property. To be a good neighbor. Yes, to be a good neighbor. Okay. Absolutely.
9: All right. Uh, So, uh, you know, when we're talking about uh, pet ownership, what is it really that people are objecting to when they say they object to pets?
13: I think it's because there are so many people are emotional about their animals. And so, you know, like that lady, for instance, uh, who maybe didn't have one or doesn't like her neighbor's dog. It, it is, it's the poop that's left behind or now, right now it's the yellow snow. They don't like to look at, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm a pet. I love pets. Um, but there's a lot of problems that can come with a pet when you've got an owner that's not being responsible for the community. Yeah. so I mean,
9: some of, the, some of the things that come to mind for me when I think of the real issue with people, it's not the fact that they have a pet, but it's what are they doing in keeping the pet under control, mm-hmm. uh, tethering. Right. And there, there will be issues with uh, that. Uh, you talked about damage to uh, lawn and to mm-hmm. landscape. That's a big one. Yep. Uh, another one, I suppose, noise. Noise. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, do, you, do you hear a, a lot of that from uh, people?
13: lot. We have a lot of complaints about noise, and that's, again, it's a subjective thing, right? What my tolerance to a barking dog is compared to someone next to me's tolerance is completely different.
9: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, for a moment, I'd like to uh, take a look at a specific aspect of uh, a certain type of pet ownership. Uh, and that's in recent years with uh, this growing debate that we have with service and or companion animals. Mm-hmm. Okay, that there's. A, do you think that there has been a flagrant abuse by many living in HOAs in this area?
13: I've seen a um, exponential increase in requests for companion animals over the last. Five years.
9: Because the association did not allow for a pet now? Correct. Out? Okay. And
13: now they have to for federal fair housing or for the ADA requirement to let that companion or service animal live on property. And I, I don't think
9: there's a- anybody that wants to be discriminatory or see something no. not given to someone who needs right. uh, something genuinely Correct. Uh, for uh, their uh, being able to get along. And uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a place for... I think there's a, certainly a place for companion animals as well as service animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I one of the, the stories that I remember, the most quintessential one of someone who uh, was just flagrant in their abuse in this area, was uh, one time, uh, years ago, a manager came to my office and said, Gene... This one person keeps complaining that next door they hear barking at all hours of the day, um, and uh, they said, uh, "I know this person has a pet. It's a condo association. They're not supposed to have pets." And uh, this was before the uh, companion animal uh, thing is like ten years ago, mm-hmm. and the uh, um, and I remember the uh, person. Uh, I said, well, why don't you call and find out? Because, like you said, when it comes to uh, a pet's poop, you've you got to find out, does the person have a pet? Maybe mm-hmm. they don't. Maybe mm-hmm. it's someone else, and so you don't want to just accuse. Right. So the property manager went and called uh, this person uh, where the uh, dog barking was emanating from and said, uh, excuse me, it's been brought to our attention that you may have a dog. Well, the person got all upset. Said, "How dare you? Uh, I have Tourette's." Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and Jess said, "I'm going to uh, make a, uh, a claim because you uh, you have uh, just shown disregard and you're showing discrimination against me." Oh my! And so, uh, property manager just said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I, I I didn't right, know. And, yeah. and they were asking. They said, it's been brought to our attention. You might. Right. And, yeah. Okay, a couple days passed. Then all of a sudden, the property manager comes back and says, look at this. And there's a picture of this person uh, holding a tether. And at the end of the tether was a dog oh. who was going outside. Oh, we gosh. found his Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, oh, that's what took place. T- Oh, I know. It is oh, just, that's terrible. It is just ridiculous. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, what do you think? Uh, uh, have, you, have you seen anything that uh, people are doing to try and curb this uh, flagrant abuse of um, service animals uh, or, or companion animals?
13: I, I, I had a property that was unfortunately not handling it the best because okay. we know if they've got a valid right to have that animal, Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a doctor's note, and the, and and it's uh, brought to our attention. We have to allow it. Mm-hmm. But I had a board went so far as they wrote that homeowner a letter and said, "No, we don't approve of this, and we kindly ask that you change your mind and that you just get a cat instead of a dog." <laughs> <laughs> and they and they had it sent by a lawyer that management had no idea even went out. Yeah. And so then, of course, this homeowner is calling me so upset, and I thought, "What? Why would they ever do that?" Uh, the board, you know, yeah. take that on and try to circumvent, you know, that issue. But, oh, you have
9: to be you have to be careful because we're in a litigious society, right. yes. and in this particular case, when you get. Uh, something brought to the attention of HUD or the Minnesota State Department of Human Rights, mm-hmm. they're going to pursue it. And you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars of fines yes. for an HOA if right. they're not careful. Yeah. Well, in, uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, what do you think are some good policies, best practices that an HOA should think about when they take a look about uh, uh, having... A, a fair consistent pet policy
13: all right and I I think absolutely is you you need to follow what does that city say you know your city ordinances have already done this and played this out they have to be on a leash you have to pick up after after the dog okay. they have to be in your control all
9: right that that's a that's a great point so mm-hmm. instead of recreating the wheel uh, why not take a look at what the municipality or city states exactly. And uh, mirror uh, a number of that, mm-hmm. uh, of the rules to, uh, to uh, be in line with uh, the city that right. the association's in. And
13: your rules can say you need to comply with city ordinance, you know, to say that because if you start having pet registration, um, none of my HOAs actually have pet registration only because who's going to be the pet registration police, <laughs> um, who's going to monitor all of that. But that's what our cities do. Our cities and our police and our animal control register those pets. So and, a lot of mine say you have to do that. And
9: that's also a good uh, thing to remember. Also from the standpoint as a HOA board, they're very limited in terms of what they can do in enforcement and getting someone mm-hmm. to comply. Right. The city has uh, mud, uh, a number of other tools in their belt. Exactly. Namely, namely the police right. and uh, yeah. other uh, fines and assessments that can go mm-hmm. on property taxes and yep. things of that
13: nature. Animal HR. control. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
9: You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else would uh, good policy include, do you think?
13: Oh, you know, so, some of them, I think more so for condos, some pet weight restrictions might be, you know, if, if you've got thin walls or a small little tiny condo, I've seen that, or who wants a 200-pound dog in a one-bedroom condo? Um, or how many can you have, you know, or what type of animals? Some some documents go over what mm-hmm. animals they define the animal. I mean, do you want chickens mm-hmm. in your condo? <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to define what, what type of animals you're allowing.
9: And, and again, uh, that some of those things may be uh, things that uh, you have to comply with uh, city ordinances on that issue as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with a condominium, uh, in closing, I suppose it can uh, make good sense uh, to limit where the pet owners are coming in and out of the building. Yes. If there's more than one elevator, maybe... Containing it to one.
13: Correct. Yep.
9: Uh, because uh, we're talking about now people with allergies and other people who don't like pets. Exactly. And trying to get people to, uh, right. to get along. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, that that, that makes sense, and that's uh, very helpful. Well, I want to uh, just say it looks like we're uh, running out of time, but I want to say thanks for uh, taking a part of uh, today's show.
13: Yeah, thanks for having me.
9: It was uh, great to have you. That was Stacy Sheridan property manager with New Concepts Management and uh, we're going to sign off for now but uh, thanks for joining me as always I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and look forward to having you join me next week here on Where You Live
10: How
6: sweet it is to be loved by you
3: How sweet
4: Mauer Chevrolet presents the 49th Annual Minnesota Sportsman Show, January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center. Here's what you'll see at the show. Get early boat show pricing on the most sought-after fishing boats, pontoons, runabouts, personal watercraft, and docks and lifts. Get early RV show pricing on RVs, campers, trailers, and more. Reserve the best vacation dates now with hundreds of hunting and fishing resorts so you can plan your vacation right at the show. See the latest in outdoor electronics from the experts at Reed's, custom fishing rods, reels, and discount tackle. Check out Steve Porter's live white-tailed deer display, including Heart Attack, a 32-point monster buck. Enjoy great family fun, including the Great Lakes Timber Show, Ron Sherriff's Kids Fishing Clinics, and live wolves, cougars, and other wildlife. Take in fishing seminars with experts Ted Takasaki and Tom Henry. For $2 discount coupons and show info, visit stpaulsportshow.com. Bring the whole family to the Sportsman Show, January 10th through the 13th at St. Paul's River Center. A Sinenco production. AM
3: 1280, The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky's Station.